Hello and welcome to Knowing Nature, the podcast all about exploring and engaging with the natural world. Um, my name's Annabeth. And I'm Victor. And welcome to this episode all about the benefits of plants in the home. It's very exciting because we're still, of course, all trapped indoors in our homes. And I know definitely when you're feeling kind of trapped inside, you might feel really distanced from the natural world. So having plants in the home can help alleviate this. We're going to talk about some of our kind of favorite things and just generally why plants are great, great housemates and house guests. And they are really great house guests. And, and they're, I don't know, I think uh, quite a lot of people will have some houseplants in their home. Mm-hmm. And um, now that we're spending more time with them, it's a great time to get to know them a bit better. Yeah, exactly. I definitely know growing up, I was used to having plants in my house all the time. Our conservatory, my mum would grow tomato plants and she'd grow different. She loved kind of her big battle was trying to keep orchids alive. But I have not I've not dabbled in there just yet. I'm not I'm not ready for the challenge of the orchid. But there are some really easy, easy care plants that you can have in your home and maybe some herbs and things. But we'll get into that a little bit later on. Um, but plants generally are great for your home, not just to help kind of de-stress, not just because they make everything look a bit nicer, but they have some health benefits as well. Um, it's seen that um, a lot of people believe that they can actually purify the air, which is great if you live sort of in cities and you're worried about air pollution, and even indoor pollution as well. And I think they definitely, the plants that I have definitely make me feel like I'm breathing a little bit easier, even just by looking at them. <laughs> Yeah, and they do the a lot of that information is based on a study that was done in the 1980s by NASA. They were looking at okay, if we, you know, like electronics and things as they run, um, the heat that they generate, it can put out um, volatile compounds out into the mm-hmm. atmosphere. And when you're in space, that can be quite important because all your air you've brought with you and it's going to be circulating around. So you don't want toxins and things building up so nasa did this study where they looked at okay what kinds of chemicals might these different plants uh help to absorb that's where most of the evidence comes from did, but that, did they take uh, plants to space uh not these plants <laughs> these were all tested in laboratories oh, right, okay. um but i mean they do grow plants up on the international space station but mostly they're they're not grown to purify the air they're grown for for food oh that's awesome that's yeah so cool so the how effective plants are at actually doing this is not clear but one of the big limitations is that like plants aren't breathing in and out the way that we would breathe in and out right they're not like sucking large amounts of air in and then out again Mm -hmm. and so any effect that they're having is just on this little bubble around them right so other studies have looked have kind of tried to look at again how effective might these plants be but it's really dependent on like in order to be effective you would need like quite a lot of plants and you'd also need some kind of fan or something to like blow the air over these so basically plants. have your own sort of mini mini jungle with its own yeah, weather yeah system. With a fan to like have <laughs> yeah. air circulation um, oh but that is not to say that they don't have any effects. Like we we know that um, that plants grown alongside busy roads, they those plants do do things like trap particulate matter, like on the leaves. They they hold mm-hmm. the particulates, and they do some work absorbing um, nitrous oxide compounds. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, which is why there's been a really, really big push in recent years to try and save and support those little kind of wildflower meadows and little like hedgerows and stuff around kind of really, really busy roads and intersections and junctions because of this kind of benefit that they're having to their own environment and the kind of benefit they're having then to the wider ecosystem as a whole. Yeah. And we do know that plants also 
can play a role in um, helping out with your mental health as well, not just your physical well-being. But with oh, your no, exactly. Health. Yeah, exactly. I definitely like with coronavirus and being self-isolated and being stuck indoors all the time. Um, I think it's uh, putting a big, big pressure on lots of people's um, mental health. And I definitely know that having plants has kind of helped it a little bit. I definitely can remember coming back from supermarkets stressed over lack of food or toilet roll and then seeing that my cheese, la- cheese plant has sprouted up a few new leaves. And it's just totally gone. I'm just totally amazed at the life and I tell it how good a plant it is. And it's just, yeah, definitely gives me a bit of joy and a bit of happiness. And like I said, it's nice just sitting in a room and looking around and looking at the plants. I think green is a very a very happy color it's a very color associated with life and positivity definitely yeah life and growth and it's it's a really good time like now that we are surrounded by the very similar settings all the time the fact that plants do grow and change like slowly over time now that we're spending more time with our house plants that little bit of growing and changing that we might not notice it can be really important now to see that you know there's still things happening to have things changing in your environment yeah no definitely and kind of mixing things around as well and I think it can it's nice to feel like a bit of project and feel that you're being successful at looking after something if, if it's growing well and things like that yeah so right right now is a really great time to do those little houseplant care tasks one it's the right time of year for it this kind of spring here in the uk things are getting warmer we're getting more sunlight so all of our house plants over the winter very often house plants don't do very much they just kind of sit in like stasis but now they'll be starting to kick into growth and so it's actually a really good time to to mm-hmm. look after them a really simple house plant task to do is is just like rearrange them you know, just like rearrange where they are on the windowsills or like just pick them up, give your windowsill a wipe down. And it kind of gives you this feeling of being productive with the, all these, you know, you're achieving these small little tasks. You're So that's I love that. Have these little achievements. But also if you just rearrange them, it, you know, it kind of changes up your environment and it freshens things up, even if, you know, you're not getting new things, you're just rearranging where they are in your house. But I mean, right now, when we've all been in our house for so long, just that mm-hmm. little bit of rearrangement can make a big difference. I literally so. did this yesterday um, just because I wanted to move them around and make sure they were all getting like the right sort of light and not being sizzled by the sun or anything like that. And I managed to move some into like a different pot just to, I don't, and it did totally change the environment. I felt like I looked, kept staring at the windowsill where they all were and be like, wow, don't they just look beautiful? And yeah, it totally changed. Definitely gave me another like, larger boosted sense of positivity through the day just yeah. seeing the little, and it did feel like a change of environment in a way which was really really nice which Absolutely. is great not and to be also, granted <laughs> um and also like trying those different locations can be really helpful for the house plants themselves so like especially if you've got a house plant that doesn't seem to do very much you know just shuffling them around to somewhere else you might be able to find a, another place in your house or in your flat that the plant likes a bit more and now again now that we're stuck indoors with them a lot more we can you know spend a bit of time if you do rearrange things just you know check in on them every day and just see how they're doing you know are are they seeming like they're perking up a little bit are they looking uh, a little bit wilted are their leaves going a bit yellow or something because it might be that they're um, receiving too much light or too little light and Mm -hmm. now's the time when we can kind of pay attention to those things and diagnose them 
yeah exactly and then there's like I said there's loads and loads of really good tips available um online um a great website that I sometimes use is called um Bloombox and they're part of like a plant kind of subscription service but other than that you can either if, even if you don't want to do the subscription service you can still have access to all their information and tips and you can look and they've got loads and loads and loads of different um, species of plants and if you tick if you click on them it kind of gives their own kind of care profile what they like what they don't like the best lane like a nice like fun fact about them as well which I use a lot for some of the plants I have and I get, again it kind of broadens your knowledge as well I feel like I've definitely learned a lot more about plants by having plants <laughs> absolutely the Royal Horticultural Society, the RHS website, is also really good for that. It's got this really nice interface for any kind of plant, really, indoors or outdoors. It gives you an idea of what kind of soil conditions do they like, how much water do they need, what, how much light do they like. Now, if you're a big sort of chef or you kind of kind of fancy yourself in the kitchen or maybe with all this kind of quarantine time you maybe want to dabble in kind of cooking a bit more well I guess we kind of all need to cook a bit more you can actually grow plants to help with that as well. So kitchen herbs are really great and especially now that a lot of garden centers are closed down as like non-essential areas so and if you're wanting a plant but you're thinking I can't go get a house plant check out your local shop your local grocery store they might have some house plants but if they don't very often they'll have either potted herbs or just fresh cut herbs and you can use either of those to grow so um, as Aisha was saying the other day if you get one of those potted growing herbs you can just have those keep them watered and they'll do quite well but if you can't get those it's a great time to grow cuttings so if you find in the grocery store a pack of fresh herbs that even if they're cut you can grow those as cuttings if you have a bit of soil that you have access to in and or around your house, you'd scoop up a bit of soil, just keep it a bit moist, and then on your herb, strip a few of the bottom leaves off the stem so that you've got maybe somewhere around three to five centimeters of bare stem at the bottom without leaves, and just poke that into the soil, keep it moist, and then if you pinch off the very top one or two pairs of leaves and that will encourage your new cutting to grow into a bushier plant and you can put depending on the size of the pot three or four stems around the edge of the pot all all in the same one if you don't have access to soil then same procedure but just put them in a glass of water Hmm. Uh, but make sure you change the water that's in that glass every maybe two days or so because what can happen is bacteria can start to grow and that can kind of gum up your your plant that sounds like a plant no-no yeah so but if you change the water just to keep things a bit fresh um Mm -hmm. you know maybe wipe out your glass every so often the glass that the herbs are growing in every so often that will help them Mm -hmm. and you'll see that they'll start to sprout sprout um roots and then whenever you do manage to get access to soil then you can just pop your you know your sprouting um plant cutting into Mm -hmm. into proper soil I love using mint for different things like mint um, is one of my favorite kind of herbs just because it's so fresh. And now that we're getting into sort of the summery season, it's such a nice one to add to sort of like drinks and things like that, just to kind of freshen and like give it a bit of like vibrancy. So mint's probably one I'm probably going to try this season, I think, try and grow myself. Yeah. And mint is one of the ones that this will work best with because mint are, are known for being really vigorous growers. They take really well from cuttings. But you can also use basil, rosemary, thyme, 
the only herb that it won't work for it really is uh is chives is pre-cut chives and that's because they've got a different growing pattern their alliums but all fine. I, have all, I have all the herbs chives was probably my least favorite anyways <laughs> oh. whereas you think of like rosemary the smell of it basil my goodness smells so good yeah makes me think of all the lovely italian holidays i won't be going on next month <laughs> <laughs> so at least i can have a little bit of italy in my own home yeah um so with rosemary and thyme i've never tried them in the glass of water but they are notorious for not liking things too wet so i'm not sure they'll take mm. so well by sinking them in water so Might they you want to have better. a trial of yeah they're ones to do in soil if you've got access to soil or if you've got newspaper you can try again stripping the leaves off and just wrapping them in damp newspaper because you want it to not be soaking wet they they'll they'll like some air around the base of the stem to keep them from rotting so you can might try them that way um and they'll take better as well if they're green so if the stem is green rather than woody oh good to know yeah for for our growing indoor purposes at the moment like if it's mm -hmm. in water whatnot yeah so a great time to take cuttings because it's not too hot out because um, a really important thing to think about is that the those cuttings they don't have roots anymore you know yet to suck up water they only have that cut bit at the bottom of the stem and maybe a bit through the sides of the stem so they can't take in water as well as if they had a root system so mm -hmm. if it's too hot too sunny then the plant can lose water faster than it can reabsorb it so it's why now is a really good time to take cuttings it's not too hot yet and also put them somewhere that's bright but not not direct, direct sunlight, sunlight. Um, yeah again that'll make them lose water really quickly yeah so yeah hopefully this could that sounds like a pretty fun sort of plant project and yeah again something that you can use and also eat so yeah, it's a win-win really in my book <laughs> again almost all kitchen herbs or basically all the kitchen herbs are really great for pollinators later on so as they're growing you know if you let them flower their flowers are all really good for bees and butterflies because most of them are in the mint family and they're really um really good for for them so good for you good for the environment it doesn't get much better than that. absolutely and it <laughs> saves you money you know instead of needing to buy those fresh herbs every single time if you're growing your own Have a little trim. it saves you money uh along a similar vein is sort of almost like recycling your kitchen scraps into fresh vegetables you can do this so right now fresh greens can be a bit hard to come by if we're going to the shops less often so my tip for dealing with that or for mitigating this is to save some of your vegetable tops um, or ends so you know so like the top of a carrot right? or the top of a beet uh -huh. normally you just you just chop that off and then you you know put it in the composter right but what you can also do is you can actually sit the carrot or the beet on a layer of very damp newspaper or in water and from that top they'll grow new leaves crazy and carrot uh, leaves and beet leaves are really good in salads so you can take that bit of carrot that you wouldn't normally eat and if you keep it a bit watered what it'll do is it'll consume the nutrients that are saved up in the root because things like beets and carrots the reason they're so big is that it's a storage um, organ for for the plant so it's actually got a reserve of nutrients and it'll use those nutrients to try and produce new leaves um, which you can then eat oh wow i didn't even know you could eat the leaves off absolutely carrots yeah and carrots and beet tops quite good 
Another one it works really well with is green onions or salad onions. Normally, you chop off the bottom where the roots are, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, there's roots there, and they're in the same family as the chives that we mentioned earlier. And the way that those grow is they have this basal plate. And you'll notice on the um, chives, you find that all the roots seem to come down from one part of it. And then all the leaves go up from that part. So they've got this plate and then all the growth happens up and down from that plate. So, so similar idea, would you put it on like wet newspaper or have a little bit of a different knack you for it? sit in water. Oh. You can sit them in water or again, if you've got soil, just plant them in soil. And the roots will continue to grow. They'll keep growing. And then they'll start to grow a new set of leaves. So you can like keep growing new green onion salad onions just from buying one bag. Um, yeah, it takes a few weeks um, to grow enough to, that you can kind of cut again, like probably three, four weeks, depending on how happy they are. But then you can cut them again. So they're like cut and come again. Wow, that's amazing. The gift and that keeps on giving. It really is <laughs> a way to kind of save money so that you don't have to, you know, constantly be going out and buying these fresh packs of greens. And you can grow them really compactly because if you think of like a green onion or a salad onion, they're really thin like skinny plants right so they don't mm -hmm. take up very much space and you can do the same thing with um the bottom of a lettuce so you know that stump that normally you chop off yeah so all the yucky on, bits <laughs> yeah uh, depending on how they've been prepared if you're lucky there'll be enough of the stump there that uh, again if you put it in a little bit of water or plant it in soil that stump will start to produce new roots and then it'll start to produce new leaves as well. So again, you just no plant idea. that stump with a lettuce and it'll start sending up new leaves. It makes me feel incredibly guilty for all the chopped up, massacred parts of plants I've just thrown in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, new life. I prevented new life. Yeah. Or same life. Are they... Are they clones of the original? Yeah, it's the same. It's just the the plant is regrowing re the parts that were chopped off before. That's crazy. Same plant. Plants are incredible. Like yeah. they can be chopped off at the halves, like tiny, like an inch left nearly, and then they can grow back from the unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. Plants, plants are pretty cool. They're quite different in that way from from people. Is that most of their cells? You chop us all down. We're not going to regrow. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, but their cells are because you know in in animals, you know we've got stem cells. We've got these mm -hmm. like almost like blank cells that yeah. can then become you know every other type of cell. The codex uh, of cells. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't have very many of those. Mm -hmm. With plants, it's slightly different. Quite a lot of their cells have this thing, this characteristic called totipotency. Ah. So they are. Bring me back to my GCSE and A level biology here. Yeah. So that each part of the plant can almost can grow new parts of it, or mm -hmm. and that's true for not all plants, but quite a lot of them. So cool. if you do this experiment, if you have a mint stem and you sink it in water, and then you watch where the roots grow, you'll notice that they grow not from all over the place, but they'll grow from, they'll start growing from very specific parts of it. You'll see them growing from the uh, very bottom of the stem, and then also anywhere where leaves had been attaching to the stem, they'll grow out from there. And that's wow. because in mint plants, at those attachment points, there's this little growth bud and that's the point where there's this concentration of cells that have this totipotency so normally when it's up in the air those growth buds would tend to produce leaves and stems 
But if it is in somewhere that's dark and very damp, then it'll produce roots instead. Amazing. It's like how I think the biology of plants is maybe a it's a huge topic. Um, yeah. And maybe something we could do another time just because they are so, so I think they deserve a lot more credit than yeah, they, I think they get. Very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's uh, saving some money by growing your kitchen mm. scratch. Another if, good one oh. to get a head start on is um, using potato peelings, actually. Oh, you grow your own potatoes. Cause I've been eating people... a lot of those lately. Yeah. <laughs> so if you are peeling your potatoes or if your potatoes are starting to sprout a little bit and then you know how you normally you just sort of take off those little sprouty bits. If you cut mm-hmm. them off with a tiny bit of the potato on them, you can plant those bits, those eyes of the potato and they'll grow. Tiny, potato tiny potato. little bits, the little like nubbins. I call yeah. Them. yeah, they don't what? need very much. Even just a potato peel, as long as you've got um, a little bit of the inner bit of the potato and then the eye it it doesn't need to be more than a peel and you can try planting that and it will more often than not take off as a potato plant as long as it's got that eye that little growing point no wonder ireland grew so many of them yeah no wonder because they sound quite easy yeah they're they're pretty good one to get and it's it's great to get a start on them now even if you don't have uh, access to soil right now start growing them a little bit right now and again you can just use with a potato the more of the potato you include with the eye because that potato bit that starchy bit that's mm-hmm. an energy store so the more of that that you include the longer your potato plant can can go without needing to go into soil so that's crazy. in that case all you would need is you know if you're using a whole potato you can just sit the bottom of the potato on top of a glass of water you know poke the toothpicks in so it doesn't it's not right in the water mm-hmm. it's just sort of just touching it uh, then it'll grow roots down into the water using that way but if you're only using, you know, a tiny peeling of it, you can try using something like just shredded paper. Keep the paper moist and that that'll almost almost be like a soil like medium. You just want it to have moisture around it and then the nutrients can come from the potato until we get access to like garden centers or somewhere where we can buy soil again. Mm. Yeah, I've just ordered soil online. Yeah. We will see what arrives though. Yeah, but you don't have to wait till it arrives to get started. Yeah, it's better exactly. with plants you know, the, the problem with teaching and engaging with plants is that they are on such a different time scale, right? Everything takes yeah. a lot longer. So Long process, high reward. To arrive, start now, mm-hmm. and then you've got that head start so that, you know, your plants are raring to go. They're ready for soil once they're here, once you get the soil. Yeah. And like we said, multiple times, it's just the best time to start. Because in the next few months when the weather gets really nice, you're really going to see the fruits your labor <laughs> um, but if the idea of kind of growing sort of plants like this and herbs and other things still sort of scares you maybe a little bit I think that terrariums are excellent sort of indoor kind of plant engagement because they're really fun um, they allow you to sort of control the growing environment and you can kind of customize them with like kind of decorative landscaping little fun figurines if you want but yeah I've made a terrarium Victor's made probably a few terrariums and they're brilliant I think they're so much fun um because just yeah you control things you can it starts off like sort of the building phase you can choose between plastic or glass and there's kind of cons and pros with both of them I personally just a personal preference and prefer glass I just think it looks looks a little bit nicer and then you can choose between open or closed terrariums and the sort of differences with that as well 
in my experience, I have an open terrarium, so I we have to spray it every so often. But I think it's that if it's a closed terrarium, it kind of manages its own humidity and stuff. Is that correct? Yeah, it can do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So because it's a closed, it's got some kind of lid or covering on it, and that kind of keeps the moisture mm-hmm. inside. And then it'll condense on the sides of the con- container and then go back down. Mm-hmm. So because it's this kind of closed loop system, um, it doesn't need to be watered very often. Yeah, so probably plants that thrive in high humidity are probably the best for your kind of closed terrariums, but the kind of sun-loving ones maybe are better for the for the open ones in which you can kind of spray. So when it comes to containers for your terrariums, I think the options are kind of endless, but if you're going proper old school, uh, maybe like good kind of glass coffee pot or vase or like empty jars and things and you can that's like really starting from scratch and do you have any preferences Victor when you're building your terrariums when you're building terrariums like generally bigger is better Mm -hmm. because your plants are gonna even if they start small they're gonna get bigger so the bigger your starting container is then the the less maintenance work you'll need to do on it because you won't need to cut back the plants so much Bigger containers often make it a more stable environment, like you won't get quite so big swings in humidity and temperature. So the biggest container you can get is useful, but you can use any size. You can use really super tiny ones, like tiny, tiny jam jars. That's fine as well. You just need to scale down the plants that you put in them. I, um, for my terrarium, I've started with sort of like, it's like a little glass bowl that could easily fit in the palm of my hand I just have sort of some moss and a little air plant in there and I really really love air plants I think for terrariums I think they make it look quite exciting and you've done some pretty cool things with them um, air plants and dried sea urchins at yours yeah so what you can do if you've got a dried sea urchin or something is that they usually have this kind of hole so you can tie um, a thread or a string around the base of an air plant thread it through the sea urchin and then it looks like a little jellyfish and I your air plant so will grow much. upside down they're pretty so cool <laughs> it's um, one of my favorite things i've ever seen mm-hmm. i'm a big fan and super easy so so easy to look at look after just spray it with water every so often but be careful not to spray it too much but why being in the terrarium is quite good is it kind of keeps that humidity and level up but some things you might need definitely to consider for your um terrarium are things to help with drainage so sand gets used quite a lot i've heard people might use charcoal as well and yeah. um, i think sand is usually quite fine it's so that helps with the preventing the plants and um, from rotting also putting in some little pebbles and you can find some really nice colorful ones if you want but they'll help as well and then yeah you really want to make sure you have the right soil um, I just I bought my soil as part of a set, but I'm sure there's you can use any variety really, or is there some more beneficial ones to use? Yeah, so it depends on what you're going with, uh, on on what your plant is, is what you'll need to kind of base it on. For like I know that cacti are often very popular terrarium plants because they generally are very slow growing. So with a cactus, you definitely want it in an open terrarium because they're from very dry arid environments so they don't really like being really really humid they want the soil to dry out between them and the open terms will allow them to do that mm-hmm. and then cacti also like very particular types of soil so you wouldn't use normal houseplant soil with them because there's too much organic matter and it's too good at retaining moisture so you want something uh-huh. that's got a bit more sand content in it mm-hmm. um, kind of more like to their natural environments basically <laughs> yeah yeah which doesn't mean you use 
just sand. It has <laughs> some organic matter in it, mm-hmm. but the sand is like m- this non-porous um, mineral thing. So it doesn't hold water inside it. But organic matter is very like spongy, so it holds onto lots of water. So if you're going cactus, you want something with a bit more sand in it. Mm-hmm. If you are uh, ferns, make a really good plant as well. And if you're growing those, you'll want something with a lot more organic matter because ferns generally like it uh, to have a much moister uh, root environment and so you want that organic matter that's going to hold on to the moisture so you can use houseplant compost they're usually mm-hmm. based on like uh, like a composted fir bark kind of material so it's a really organic uh, rich and it also holds its shape a lot more because if you think about it soil and organic stuff over time that's going to break down. That's going to compost. And that means it's going to break into smaller and smaller components. Yeah. Um, so with a terrarium, if you're not wanting to do very much with it, you want a soil that's going to break down in structure very slowly. So mm-hmm. um, you're going to buy it in, buy a, a soil for house plants, and they're usually formulated to last that long. And that will tend, generally work quite well. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. So if you're when you're building a terrarium, definitely... Do some research on the kind of plants that you want. So if you're fancying sort of a desert-looking terrarium with your cacti, then yeah, get the soil that's right for them. And vice versa, if you're looking for more kind of ferny or more different ones like that. Um, I definitely prefer the sort of cactus and succulents, but everyone has their own preference again. Important to think about where you want to put your terrarium, though. Mm. If where you want to put it is going to be quite a shady, dark area, like if it's going to be in a living room that doesn't get a lot of sunlight in it then that's going to really affect what kind of plants you're going to be successful in growing like if you try and grow a cactus in those conditions then it's it's gonna not do very well Uh, if you're going to put it in a darker room then think along the lines of something like a fern dark forest plants in a way (laughs) exactly a lot of our house plants are actually like rainforest understory plants so they're used to like very dark shaded conditions Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah i think that's a really big myth when people think when they have plants and things that they want sunlight beaming in in them at all times and lots and lots of water but i think i think what i've definitely learned from having plants is less is more but yeah and then i kind of think the bit i find most fun when actually building the terrarium was actually the layering so it's kind of like adding the, all those pieces that we've labeled together, the sand and the rocks and the soil and, and then the plants and stuff. And it kind of feels like it's a really, really nice project to do. And you definitely took a lot of pride in it when we were doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if your container is really small, you can actually go with things like mosses and liverworts. Those make some really interesting terrarium plants as well. Mm-hmm. And they work really well because they're usually quite tough. They're very tough and they can put up with often quite shaded conditions and they Mm -hmm. can handle high humidity, lots of moisture. They don't grow very fast. And when you start to pay attention to the mosses that are around, they actually come in lots of different like shades of green and different textures. Mm -hmm. You get like look really different. Yeah, you get like ones that tend to grow in these like fuzzy little lump um, or you can get ones that grow as like tall almost like little stems with like more spiky um, they're not quite leaves but leaflet type things mm-hmm. um, so that's an option if you are venturing outside for that little walk maybe pay attention in the pavement in different areas look for any mo- interesting mosses that are growing that you might want to keep in a terrarium 
And because they're quite small, you can use really small containers, like mm-hmm. tiny, tiny glass jars that Which are super from- cute. <laughs> Yeah. And then you just throw them in there, give them, you know, you just need the tiniest bit of substrate or soil, sometimes nothing at all, because moss can grow on almost bare stone. You know, it can grow Mm -hmm. on a piece of bark. Yeah, we have mosses in our terrarium, actually, and I've found a new kind of respect for them now. I definitely appreciate them a lot more than I did before. And I think one of my favorite things I did with it was we left a little space and the decorations are sort of like really small figurines. And we popped in two really, really small miniature uh, dinosaurs. So we have like a a Diplodocus and a Stegosaurus little models inside the terrain, just sort of peeking out between the leaves of the the air plant. And I think it really, I loved it, but that's maybe just the child inside of me really, really enjoying it. But I would definitely recommend it when you're building a terrain, put in some little, little figurines or make it really unique and personal. Yeah, you, like a little mini landscape type thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a great thing about using moss is that if you're wanting to create that little miniature landscape, it makes really good grass, mm-hmm. right? Because it to- grows really short. It's like the right kind of scale for toy cars, toy animals um, to kind of be walking around on. Exactly. Um, and then when it comes, once you've all got it all built, then it's just kind of maintenance. And I think terrariums are really, really kind of low maintenance. Um, I definitely recommend using I'd like using a spray bottle to um, kind of get provide your terrarium with water. So just sort of lightly mist it. This is if it's an open terrarium. You don't need to do this if it's closed. But yeah, just I generally do it kind of once a week. Um, but since it's getting a bit warmer, I have been, mine's quite small, so I have to do it twice. But it's just something that you'll work out yourself once you've built your terrarium, what conditions it prefers the most. Absolutely. So we hope that you have found some of these tips and activity ideas helpful. For more details on all of these activity ideas, check out our website at knowingnaturepodcast.wordpress.com. If you'd like to send us pictures of any of the things that you're growing, any of your terrariums if, that you've made, send them in to knowingnaturepodcast at gmail.com. I would love to see photos of your any plant babies. I am definitely a bona fide plant lady now, and maybe some of you will become your very own crazy plant people too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it for us. That's it. Thanks for listening. Yeah, catch you next time.